Good afternoon. Today I have the lovely Lee Russell with me. Hi, Lee. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Do, do, I, do I need to accept anything? Before I think start? you might need to, yeah, um, just to say that it's okay you're being okay. recorded. Okay, right. I think I've done it. <laughs> so, hi, Donna, and thank you so much for inviting me to chat to you. Um, sorry about that slightly scrappy beginning. I wasn't quite sure whether I was supposed to touch something on the screen or not. I'm not very uh, technologically able, as you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's lovely to be here. And um, so uh, ask your questions and I'll answer what I can if I can. <laughs> you will. I have absolute faith. <laughs> and actually, this is your second time speaking to me anyway. And God knows why I asked you first time. That was a long time ago. So if I ask you the same thing, then <laughs> so be it. I think. I, I can't, remember. can't remember. I mean, it's. Uh, I'm happy to chat about anything that comes up. And if we've chatted about it before, well, you might you might uh, recognise something I say and think, hang on, she told me that last time. <laughs> <laughs> and even now something else or your answer might have changed anyway so it would have been yeah. worth asking again <laughs> um well we should probably start off by talking about your new book which came out yesterday it did indeed deep cover um i've got a copy of it i'll just uh, hold it up to the the camera here it is this is the uh the cover which i think is a quite a nice cover i mean i don't know what you thought of it uh I like the colour. The um, the font of the title, the colour of the font changes with each of my books, which is nice. And the other thing that my publisher does, which I think is, is pretty neat, is they actually put the number of the book on okay. the spine. So if people are not sure if they've read it before, um, you know, they, they can check which book it is. But um, although this is number 16 in the series, I'm very conscious when I'm writing each of my books that um, there are a lot of people now who are fans of the series and are following the series right the way through. Uh, but equally, there are a lot of people in the world who actually haven't read any of my books, believe it or not. And um, they might pick up any book anywhere in the series and they want to enjoy it just as much as people who are fans of Geraldine Steele. So I'm very conscious when I'm writing that I'm writing for two readers. I'm writing for my existing fans who, want, who, who know what's happened before to my detective, want to know what's going to happen next. But I'm also writing for people who don't know my work at all and they want to enjoy it just as much. So um, each of my books is part of a series, each of my Geraldine Steele books is part of the series, but each of them does work as a standalone. So if anybody is interested um, after listening to our chat and would like to read Deep Cover, don't feel you have to read the previous books in order to know what's going on. You don't. It works as a standalone. And the idea is hopefully that people will read one of my books and enjoy it so much that they will then read another one and another one. And there are plenty more. This is, as I said, 16 in the series. Um, number 17 is coming out in January. I'm currently writing number 18. And I'm contracted to write up to book 20, after which I don't know what's going to happen. Um, we might uh, do more, depends a bit on what my publisher wants to do, depends a bit on whether I want to carry on, whether people still want to read about Geraldine still after 20 books. So that's a little bit open-ended, but the series is definitely going to go up to book 20. So um, 
if anybody does read it and enjoys it, then um, there are plenty more to read in the series. <laughs> um, has it become easier writing now that you sort of know her because you've written so many books and do you still enjoy writing the character? Um, yes, I still enjoy writing the character. There are different challenges. I have to remember what's happened before. Um, and also, the main challenge at this point, being so far through the series, is that I really want to try and make each book fresh and different. I have to avoid repeating myself at all because that's not fair to readers. Um, it's, it's lovely because I know the characters. And when I start writing a Geraldine Steele, I don't have to think about my protagonist because I know her, I have her, she's there, she exists. Um, but I do have to think of different ways to, um, to put her story across. But really, what I'm interested in is the character and the motivation of my killers. And they are really what drive the narrative. And I hope it's not too much of a spoiler to say that in each book, there is a different killer because by the end of the book, Geraldine manages to track down the killer. So um, that is what makes each of the book books different, I think. And the killer in deep cover is kind of killer. His sort of motivation is not something I've tried before. And in each of my books, I mean, there are so many reasons why somebody could kill another person. And some people are psychopaths. They kill people with no compunction. They might kill another human being as easily as I might kill a wasp. I don't like wasps. I mean, I always try and put them out if I can, but if I have to kill a wasp, I won't have sleepless nights over it. Um, and there are people who, who treat other, other people's lives with equal um, dis, you know, um, disrespect, really, I guess it is. And um, so that's one end of the scale. And then at the other end of the scale, you might have killers who are not really, by nature, people who want to kill anybody, but perhaps they're driven to it. And is this something any one of us could be, could be driven to do? Um, I'm opposed to physical violence. I don't think physical violence is ever an answer. If you've got a problem with somebody, you sit down and you talk about it. If you can't resolve it between you, you walk away. To actually kill somebody is very, very extreme, isn't it? And I don't, I mean, I couldn't, I, I couldn't really imagine a situation in which I might be um, prompted to do that unless if somebody was threatening my life or if somebody was threatening the life of somebody that I loved, somebody in my family, somebody threatening the life of a child. In that situation, if I had a gun in my hand, which I wouldn't have, and knew how to use it, which I wouldn't, would I pull that trigger? I mean, if it's my life or his, yeah, I, I would. I think anybody would. To kill another human being is always an act of insanity. Some people are just insane and they kill other people for no real um, reason. I mean, you know, arguing over a packet of chips on the bus or something. But I think we all have our cutoff point. And even those of us who are totally opposed to physical violence might conceivably reach a point where we could actually resort to that. So these are the kind of questions really that I'm exploring in my books. What makes somebody commit that insane act? Um, 
if I was a woman who had a very abusive husband and I had a young daughter and then I realized that my husband was starting to abuse her and I couldn't get away from him because obviously that's what one would want to do, just grab your daughter and go. And But let's say you couldn't, for some reason he trapped you in the house or something. There are situations where it might be actually understandable, if not excusable, at least understandable that somebody might commit a murder. So it's a big question, isn't it? Why do people do it? And um, there are all sorts of reasons, aren't there? And um, these are the questions I explore in my books. So I think that's what makes each book different one from another. And the other thing that I think makes crime fiction interesting and also helps to differentiate my books is that um, in crime fiction, we do very often look at social issues, don't we? So for example, in, um, when Geraldine Steele was working in London, I thought, I can't really have a whole series with a detective working in the Met in North London and never mention guns. I didn't want to mention them, I hate guns. I, I think, you know, if I would have one wish, it'd be that every gun in the world would disappear. But um, so I looked at the issue of gun crime and it's a very difficult issue. And of course, most people who own guns or who are in possession of guns are not evil arch criminals. They're dysfunctional people, very often they're kids who are scared. So I look at that issue in one book. Um, in one of my more recent books set in York, I look at the issue of rough sleepers, you know, often called homelessness, um, and um, issues of, of domestic abuse, which could be perpetrated by, stereotypically, it's a man abusing a woman, but sometimes women are physically abusive to men. Um, so those are issues that I look at. And I think this also um, is one of the things that makes crime fiction so interesting because we're examining not just how we as individuals behave in certain situations. And if we are put in extreme situations, how would we react? But also how do we as a society and as people living together in a society, how do we deal with issues like mental health issues? How do we support people? We don't very often do we? Certainly not giving people the support that they need and deserve. Uh, there's all sorts of issues that we don't really deal with that well in society. And I have no answers, but in my books, I can raise these questions. And it's important, I think, to raise these questions and for people to discuss them. So um, there are all sorts of um, things that I do in my books, which means that each book is different. I'm thinking about a different issue that interests me. I'm thinking about a different killer who interests me. So um, it's still a challenge. And the further I go through the series, the more of a challenge it becomes, really, particularly with Geraldine and her backstory. But uh, yeah, I'm still enjoying it. I'm enjoying it because I find it challenging. And I think when you're writing a book, particularly perhaps crime novel, but I think any book really, what we're doing is we're problem solving. And the, um, I mean, the sort of problems are very obvious in a crime novel. In a way, crime fiction is a kind of template for writing because, okay, in the first chapter, somebody gets killed. How is the killer going to conceal that body so that it, or conceal the killer's connection to that body so that it takes my detective the whole book to actually find them. I can't have my detective seem really stupid, but she has to struggle to track down the killer. Otherwise, the book will be over in the first page. You know, a guy kills his wife in the front room and he's hopelessly drunk, and a neighbor phones the police. The police come along and there he is, really drunk, with a bottle in his hand and his wife on the carpet. Well, there we are. 
that's not that's not a story, is it? Um, fortunately, in real life, murders most murders are solved pretty quickly um, because most killers don't actually plan out their murders very very carefully and work out how they can cover their tracks. And as you know, studying forensic sciences, it's almost impossible to cover your tracks these days. But in my books, the killer has to cover his or her tracks. Um, to some extent from the reader as well, I find that very difficult because my readers are very sophisticated in the genre and most of them are far cleverer than I am. And here I am trying to pull the wool over their eyes and I'll put in a misdirection and my readers will think, oh, that's a misdirection. I throw in a red herring and readers will go, oh, that's obviously a red herring. And um, so that's another challenge in writing um, crime fiction. But um, so I think it's the... I think it's the challenge of it that I enjoy as much as anything. I mean, I've been um, praised quite a lot for my plots, for my plotting. Um, I think perhaps I just have a bit of a devious mind. But um, I say most of my readers generally see through what I've done. One or two books that I've written, I think I've um, actually succeeded. My, my aim is always that when readers get to the end of the book, they think, oh, yeah, of course, that's so obvious that was a killer. Why didn't I see that? Because I've... I try and put all the clues in because I think it's cheating. I mean, Agatha Christie got away with it, but I mean, she was just so brilliant. But she would tell you on the last page of the book that the maidservant was really his lordship's great niece who was going to inherit the estate and all this. You know. How are you supposed to know that? No way. There's been no no hint of that before. Um, but I, I I feel that's a bit cheating. I put all the clues in, but then of course readers spot them, don't they? So I have to try and you know, obfuscate them a little bit, slip in a little clue somewhere. Uh, one, one reader said to me that um, he didn't think that clue was actually there in the book and he went back and he checked and, oh, yeah, there it was, sort of slipped in, hidden away somewhere. But um, it's, it's, it's fun. I do enjoy writing Geraldine still, yeah. I hope that answers your question. I went on a bit, didn't I? <laughs> Thoroughly, which is fine. <laughs> um. Probably hard to remember back to the beginning, but um, out of all the books you've written, what's the most fun scene that you've written and what's been the most difficult? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know. Um, I'm not a great fan, I have to say, of Blood and Guts. That doesn't inspire me. I do put in a little bit of Blood and Guts because a lot of crime readers want that. Um, and they expect that. It's kind of part of the genre. And I was actually... Um, criticised by some readers, um, and I, I didn't really agree with this criticism, but some people said that the killer in my first book, Cut Short, wasn't evil enough. But I know what they meant, because the more evil your killer is, the more vicious your killer is, the more readers are invested in them getting caught, the more scary they are. And think about the villains who really stand out in, uh, in our reading, you know, Hannibal Lecton, Hannibal Lecton, um, Dracula, you know, sucking blood. You know, these really, really nasty, vicious characters. Heathcliff. Um, so uh, Voldemort, you can't even say his name and all this. So I think the more um, evil and nasty and scary your villains are, the more readers want to see them caught. Um, but um, in my very first book, my killer, he was a killer, but in some ways he was as much a victim as the people he was killing. He, he was a character who should have been harmless. He should not have been allowed out in society unsupervised. It, it was a failure of society, really. 
Um, so in that sense, he wasn't totally evil. You could kind of feel sorry for him. Um, in other of my books, my killers have been really, really nasty and vicious and horrible and have no conscience at all. Um, but um, I've forgotten what the question was now. I knew this would happen. It always does. You were asking um, the fun scenes. I mean, yeah, I don't, I'm not inspired by violence. Um, but in some ways, it's quite fun to write a, I think I like writing the really, really tense, scary scenes. You know, the kind of footsteps behind you on the pavement when it's dark, those sort of scenes. And I think in some ways, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this. A lot of people would disagree. Um, you know, Frances Fifield, brilliant crime writer. And she said, women experience fear on a daily basis in ways that men can't even begin to understand. And I know what she means. And my husband laughs at me. I mean, if he goes out in the evening, I always lock all the doors. If I go out, he, well, he probably doesn't even notice I've gone, to be honest, but he certainly wouldn't go around locking all the doors. Um, but um, I don't know if it's because I'm a crime writer or because I'm a particularly fearful person or because I'm a woman, but yes, I, I am nervous. Um, if I'm out on my own in the dark, um, then I'm a little bit more alert and more wary. And if there's somebody walking behind me, I might let them go first, you know, that kind of thing. And so I think um, one of the reasons that I enjoy writing crime fiction, because I am a very, very, very fearful person. I'm actually scared of most things. I'm very jumpy. And I mean, my phone can ring and I'll nearly jump off my chair. I'm that jumpy. And um, I mean, it used to be my daughter and her partner were living with us for a while. And it used to, they used to love it. They were in hysterics. I mean, you know that scene in Jaws when this big plastic shark, which you know is a big plastic shark. It doesn't even look like a shark. And it leaps up through the middle of the boat. And I've seen the film before and I know, yeah, here comes the big plastic shark. And I still scream when it jumps. <laughs> so I think in some ways, um, writing crime fiction, I'm acting out my own fears in a safe environment. And I think that's one of the reasons why we like watching um, horror movies, although I don't watch horror movies, but certainly why we like reading crime novels, um, because we can be scared but it's within our control because we can always shut the book. We can always look away. And so we can almost kind of rehearse being scared, but it's not real, is it? It's, it's, it's fiction. Um, so I think I like writing those scenes. When, when I give myself a bit of a, you know, shiver down the back, that, that's actually very satisfying. I think, yes, that's, that's what I wanted to, to do. You know, if it makes me feel like that, and hopefully it will make my readers feel that way as well. Um, so uh, I, can't, I can't really pick up any one scene um, that I've enjoyed writing the most. Um, one of my books, Not a Geraldine Steele, is set in the Seychelles and we had to go on a research trip there. We had to spend a couple of weeks there and that was absolutely wonderful. That was nice. Although too hot for me, really. Um, we've been, you know, I've, I've been to some really kind of exciting places, but... Uh, I can't think of any one scene in particular that I've um, enjoyed writing the most. I'm always, I'm always very into the book that I'm writing at the moment. Yeah, that's what a lot of authors say. <laughs> a cheating answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'll, I'll cheat like mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you hide any secret jokes or messages in your books? In what sense? 
um, any like Easter eggs or any um, sort of private um, incidents or names or anything like that? <laughs> no, 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 no. My, my books bear no relation whatsoever to anything that goes on in my life. I keep them very, very separate. When I'm writing a book, I step into that world. It has nothing to do with them. I mean, I do sometimes use people's names because people love having their names in books. And um, I every year, um, the children's cancer charity auctions uh, runs an auction for somebody to have their name in my book. And I'm always hoping that it's a name that I can actually work with. Um, but um, no, I, I don't do anything like that. I don't really understand why people would do that because the book has to stand on its own merits. And it may be that, I mean, my, my first book came out about 12 years ago and people are still reading it. People are still buying it. So um, it, it has to stand on its own merits. It is a book. It's not got any little things from my own life in it at all. Um, the book set in Seychelles actually was based on a real experience that my husband had, but very loosely based on it. But other than that, no, it's... Um, it's just fiction and you know my life is one thing and the world of my fiction is, is another thing I don't know how you would hide an easter egg in a book well someone that I spoke to yesterday actually um is a massive Alice Cooper fan so she tries to get um some kind of reference to Alice Cooper in all of her books which I, oh, was quite funny. Yeah. I can see that would be fun but um no I mean my books are just books that I, I tell a story and that's what it is and there's no kind of gimmicks or fun things like that. No, you read the story and there's no in-jokes or anything. No, not, that's just not something I do, but I'm sure a lot of people do it really well. Yeah, I mean, some do and some are the same. are like, no, absolutely not. And some are like, mm, yeah, I kind of do. So, yeah, it's quite interesting to ask the question and find out. <laughs> yeah, I might actually, in my next book, you've given me an idea... I might try and put in a little slight reference to you in my next book and see if you spot it. But, um, <laughs> no, it's not something I've ever um, ever done, really. Not, not consciously, not deliberately. I mean, it's at one time, actually, when I was still working, when I was teaching, and one of the other teachers really annoyed me. He was a really annoying man, and he was very short. And so I did have a character in my book who was very short. I can't remember if they were a nasty killer or came to a sticky end. But I mean, that was the only point of similarity that this character was short and this other person was short. But that's not really what you're talking about, is it? That was, I quite enjoyed doing that. I can imagine. <laughs> um, if you were to be in a, char uh, a character in a book, would you be a killer or would you want to be the saviour? Oh, I'd want to be the saviour. Yeah, I always want to be the saviour. Yes, I always want to sort everybody's problems out. It drives my family mad because, you know, anytime they have a bit of a moan about something that's not going right in their life, I'll say, well, why don't you do this? Or if I was you, I'd do and the, and the, Particularly my daughters, they say, mum, I don't want a solution. I'm just telling you what happened. Don't try and, you know, solve all my problems. I can't help it. Yeah, I, I want to be the saviour in life and I want people to, you know, I'd love to be superwoman. I want people to be grateful to me for saving them. And um, I guess in some ways, Geraldine Steele is, a, I mean, she's a champion for justice. And I think there's a little bit of me in her that I want to put things right. Don't we all actually, unless we're feeling particularly, you know, annoyed and fed up and angry and resentful, which we all do sometimes, don't we? And then we just want everything to go to pot. But 
in general, don't we all just want everyone to be happy? And if, you know, if we could solve the world's problems, wouldn't we just do it? So, yeah, sure. I want to be the same. Yes. I'm not. I, I have to hasten around. My attempts to, you know, save anybody usually make things worse. But um, it's never good to interfere in other people's lives, but I do anyway. And <laughs> <laughs> um, if Geraldine Steele was to team up with another fictional detective, who would you like her to team up with? Oh, wow, that would be fun. Um, can it be from the past or present or? Yeah, anyone. Um, well, I guess Sherlock Holmes. I think she could learn a lot from him. And he could probably learn quite a lot from her as well, I dare say, because she's more clued off about, you know, um, contemporary forensics. But um, he would be a fun character to, to meet, wouldn't he? Um, there are so many wonderful detectives, aren't there? I've recently come across um, Cormoran Strike, who I think is a wonderful character. And um, I've forgotten his name now in the puppet show. Um, you, you would know. Who are we? Uh... Um, Washington Poe. Crave, Mike Cravens. Yeah, Poe. Oh, yeah. Poe oh, yeah. He's a wonderful character. Yeah. And uh, Tilly Bradshaw. I mean, there, there are just so many, aren't there? Uh, I can't even begin to to think of all of them. And uh, maybe Jack Reacher would be fun. Not much conversation, maybe. But he'd get the job done, wouldn't he? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just so many. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Cormoran Strike is a strange one because he's such a grumpy bugger. But, yeah, I, I really like him. Like <laughs> so. him. Yeah, yeah, you like him. And uh, yeah, and maybe Poro as well to sort of say, how come you know every word in the English language except for yes? <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, no, that's a fun question. I think Sherlock Holmes would probably be my uh, my number one. And I can say that without uh, risk of sort of offending any contemporary authors, because there are so many who would be absolutely wonderful to team up with. Yeah, and then your mind just goes blank and forgets every single name of any author <laughs> yeah and I think um I think I'm right in saying that Arthur Conan Doyle um invented or was one of the first people to realize a certain aspect of forensics to do with plants and pollen which I thought was really interesting when we were taught it yeah I mean I think people um, like Conan Doyle I mean he was obviously such a clever man wasn't he and uh, yes I'm sure he was sort of at the forefront in the way that Sherlock Holmes in a way was at the forefront as well yeah um and um it's quite remarkable isn't it some some of these authors have so many other skills and talents and knowledge it, it, yeah I'm quite in awe of them really yeah me too absolutely and I didn't know you think that would be something big that people would know but I didn't have a clue so no. yeah I don't know about anything except hopefully how to tell a good story. I, I think of myself as a storyteller and uh, that's all I know, really. I'm, I'm not much good at anything else, really. <laughs> well, I think with uh, nearly two million sales, I think you could probably safely say that you're a very good storyteller. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Have I mean, you not, I if you've not reached the two million yet, have you not gone over that? I it's been nearly for ages. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I know it has, hasn't it? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we quite know, but um, yeah, it probably has by now. There's so many different territories and different uh, books and it's difficult. So I don't even know how many have sold with some of my books, but certainly with Geraldine, we're getting on towards two million. Yeah. 
but um yeah i mean i've got a i could talk forever about all the things i can't do but yeah hopefully i can tell a story yeah i, I would say so <laughs> Um, if you're able to spend a day with any author, dead or alive, who would you like to spend a day with? Um, well, presumably, when you say dead or alive, they would come back to life for the day. I wouldn't particularly want to spend a day with a corpse. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, probably an author that I already know, because I have some wonderful friends in the uh, writing community. Um, some of them, like uh, Lee Child. Is, is, is such a lovely guy and so clever and so entertaining. Um, Linwood Barclay was a lovely guy. Um, uh, um, there's a, an author you may have come across called Luke McCallan, who actually lives in Switzerland. And he's a great friend of mine, although I don't get to see these people very often because we're in different countries. Um, and um, I mean, there are so many, aren't there? Who would I really like? I don't know, it, I, I can't really say. Let's think about dead ones, and then um, it's not so invidious in mentioning names. Um, dead authors. Well, I guess probably somebody like Dickens um, or Shakespeare, because I think they were such phenomenal writers. I'll tell you who I really would like to spend time with. Um, would be, um, he's not really an author, but someone who intrigues me is Leonardo da Vinci, because he was living in the, what, the 16th century, and he invented um, helicopters and submarines and, and I think I mean I don't believe in time travel I you know I really don't but I think if anybody had traveled in time surely it would be him or somebody had traveled back in time and told him about these things because he was so ahead of his time and he invented so many things you think how on earth did one man invent all these things centuries before they were actually invented it's quite phenomenal so he'd be an interesting person to meet i think but not an author so <laughs> yeah I, and again people don't know do they um all the stuff that he done a, a lot of these people invented loads of different things and you know everyone da vinci is a an, an artist and that's it but he wasn't he was incredible so he was a scientist and, and yeah all sorts of things it would also be quite interesting to um meet Shakespeare and ask him what he actually did in those years when he sort of disappeared and who was the dark lady and all sorts of mysteries but then of course they wouldn't be mysteries anymore so maybe that would be a shame I don't know it's nice to have a bit of mystery in life isn't it <laughs> yeah um, what's your word or phrase that you get told off for overusing and have to edit out? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I, I was surprised, actually. Um, I mean, there's no one particular one that I get told I overuse, but I, I did, um, in the edits for one of my recent books, when I was going through, when I was rereading it, and I was, I'll tell you how it came about, because I think um, it was straight away, and I think I wrote it as two words and the house style was one word or it might have been the other way around. Um, and so that was flagged up every time. And I was amazed how often I said straight away. And you do, as a crime writer, you want to say suddenly, abruptly, without warning, straight away. And there's only a limited number of times you can say that. And apparently, apparently you're not supposed to use suddenly, but I don't know why, but I use it. Um, but I try not to overuse these words. And, um, I don't know that I have any one particular fault. Uh, I just have to say there are so many. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I love that because usually authors know as soon as they ask, they're like, yeah, it's that. Like the lady asked uh, yesterday was just and she knew straight away. Oh, I, yeah, I do use just a lot. But the thing is, I tend, um, I'm quite sort of pedantic and anal about these things. And I do reread my work very, very carefully. And so I think by and large, but not always, but by and large, I tend to pick up on these things myself. And I'll notice if I've used just twice within three lines and then I'll change one of them so um yeah the, the first draft probably is peppered with things like that with repetition reiter reiteration is another thing I do a lot but because I mean I guess you know I've had 25 or 26 I lose count books published I've been through a rigorous editing process two dozen times more 26 times I think 27 times so there are not many mistakes that I make regularly that I've not been pulled up on already. And so I know, because you learn a lot through being edited by professional editors who really know what they're doing. And so now when I'm reading my work, I'm, I reread it kind of, I guess, with an editor's eye. Um, I can think, oh, my editor's gonna say, no, that's, you know, that can be better. Uh, no, you've you've mentioned that before. So uh, I think possibly that's why. With my first book, there were probably quite a lot of words that I overused, but I've I, I've learnt I've learnt to some extent what not to do when I'm writing. Not perfectly. One is always learning, can always improve. I'm always hoping to get better. I'm always aiming to write a really good book. But so I think I. I like to think I've, I don't know if the books have got better, but I think um, I've, I've submitted a better manuscript to the editor. So the editors, hopefully, I, I don't know if my editor's watching this, she's probably falling off her chair with laughter, but hopefully she doesn't have quite so much to do now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she'll soon let you know. <laughs> hopefully she gets a manuscript from you and she breathes a sigh of relief because she's like, oh, this is going to be not too painful to go through. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. She's very complimentary. She's very sweet. But obviously there are always things as a writer that you do. You get carried away with something. And sometimes you can't see the wood for the trees. Um, I'll, I'll get really involved in something which maybe doesn't actually serve the story. And readers might not be quite so engrossed by it as I am. And sometimes you can't see that. It, it's always good to have a second pair of eyes. And I've been really fortunate with my editors, with Geraldine. I've had the same editor right the way through with Geraldine. And she is really sharp and clever and brilliant. And it's wonderful. But yes, the, the edits have got lighter as we've gone along. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you like to do when you're not writing? Uh, write, really, I guess. I know it's a silly answer. Um, it's a bit flippant. I mean, well, when I'm not writing, um, I do like to read. I don't have enough time to read at the moment. Um, but I do sometimes. I mean, I'm I'm sort of procrastinating at the moment because um, I'm writing the 18th Geraldine Steele, and I need to get back to that. I know where I'm going with it, but I've started writing something else. And sometimes I like to just write something different. I had a dystopian book out earlier this year. Um, I've written a couple of psychological standalones. I've got a historical novel coming out later this year because it's just, 
I love to write. I love writing Geraldine still, but sometimes I do need a break from it, but I can't stop writing. So if I take a break from writing Geraldine Steele for a month, I need to be writing another book because I just keep writing. I don't know why. I mean, I haven't written all my life. I think perhaps I'm trying to catch up because I started so late. But um, what else do I like doing? I mean, I do like the sun a lot more than I used to when I was younger. I like sitting in the sun. Um, my husband and I do a crossword every day, the Times, the easy one. Um, I like eating and drinking. I love spending time with my family. Um, spending time with my daughter's dog, as you know, uh, and my granddaughter, I've got a wonderful granddaughter, and she's great fun. So there's all sorts of things, but it's it's kind of life, really, isn't it? Just um, I don't see friends that much. Um, I don't have many friends, actually. I don't, uh, I'm not the sort of person, you know, some people, I, I would love to be like this, some people go through life kind of collecting friends, don't they? And we went to a birthday party, um, must have been just before lockdown, actually, of somebody. He was actually on my um, creative writing course in Greece, and he's become a great friend. I, I often make friends with people who come on my courses in the real world, or even, I dare I say it, uh, you know, online. You know, I feel like you're a friend now. Um, but um, this guy, this particular guy, um, we went to his party, I think it was a 70th birthday party, so you know, he wasn't that young. And um, there were a few people there who he knew from school, a few people from university, a few people that he knew when he worked at the BBC, a few people from somewhere else, a few people from my writing course. Yeah, he seemed to sort of collect friends. And some of these, he, his friends from, friends from university, there was a little group of them, and they said they hadn't been in touch with each other for 40 years, and now they've met up through this guy. He just somehow had the, this wonderful knack of collecting friends, keeping in touch with people. I don't know how he did. I'm a little bit, you know, when I stopped teaching, I, I left the school and that was it. Never looked back. And well, I do actually have two friends still from school, one of whom I do see from time to time. But um, I tend to sort of move on in life somehow. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm not a, a friend sort of person, really. I, I wish I was. I'm not actually that sociable. And so I'm quite happy just being stuck in a book, whether I'm reading or writing. That's, that's my kind of safe space, in a way. I don't know if that makes sense. But, it does. Uh, <laughs> Although yeah. I'm one of the people that seems to collect <laughs> um, it was my birthday last week and I had messages from someone I've known since I was four wow. people from when I went to uni um like people from upper school then people when I went to university the first time people from uni this time my work friends and then obviously book people and stuff yeah it was pretty crazy so yeah I just seemed to I don't know I you know they, they just messaged me I haven't spoke to them all year but I think some people like you, some people are just so warm and friendly and nice that everybody wants to be your friend. I think I'm a little bit more kind of leave me alone. I want to write my books. <laughs> I've got one. I want to be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I have another friend now. That's great. I don't have many friends. I, I have one friend. Um, we've been friends since we were five, and I do still see her. So I mean, that's a long time. We've been friends for a lot, lot longer than you've been alive. But um. So I, I do have a friend, but uh, I have two friends now. 
I, I have friends. I have some friends, but um, not that many. I, I'm not. I haven't gone through life making friends somehow. I, I, so I kind of wish I had, really. But um, I think I used to read a lot and just. I'm not really that much of a people person. Maybe that's why I make up people in my books. Could be. Yeah, well, it seems to work out all right for you. So <laughs> as long as you're not lonely, then it's fine. Um, a silly question. Who is your first celebrity crush? Um, do you mean like when I was sort of very young and you had to be in love with one of the Beatles, you had to choose one of them. That's how old I am. Um, but my first real celebrity crush I don't, I don't think I really have celebrity crushes. Um, I, I do have a soft spot for some people, but it's usually people that I've met. Um, I mean, yeah, there are people like um, uh, Colin Firth. Um, he's getting a bit now, but uh, you know, in um, Pride and Prejudice, in Pride and Prejudice and in um, uh, Bridget Jones, are oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, completely agree. <laughs> yeah. So is that a celebrity crush? I suppose it is. I don't know really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, totally agree with that, especially in Pride and Prejudice. Oh, love that film. Yes, yeah. And do you know Jane Austen was only in her early 30s when she died? I mean, what a genius. Just unbelievable to, to have so much perception and wit and be so articulate at such a young age. I mean, it's just, I suppose if you've got it, you've got it, but um, phenomenal, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what's coming next for you? Um, well, okay, so Deep Cover is just out. Da, da, da. Um, in January, the next one, um, Gilt Edged, it's called, is out, and that's actually available for pre-order now. And, Amazingly, it's had quite a lot of pre-orders already. I mean, it's not even out till January, so I don't know how that's happened. Um, and I've got a historical novel coming out in October. Um, and currently writing the 18th Geraldine Steele. So the 17th one is out in January. The 18th one will be out sometime next year. I'm not sure when, um, later on in the year. And then the uh, following year, we'll have one or two more Geraldine Steels, and then I'll get up to book 20 and then I don't know what I'm going to do after that. Um, I may carry on doing my creative writing, you know, my writing courses online. That's quite fun. It's nice to meet nice people. Um, and um, that's it, really. I, I do some work for the Royal Literary Fund. Again, teaching writing skills, but that's teaching professional and academic writing skills to people who are doing... Um, you know, diplomas and MBAs, people working who are, who are uh, studying and um, I support them with their writing, but that's just a few hours a week. I mean, the writing course is an hour a week. I do between, well, maybe two to four hours a week for the Royal Literary Fund, so that's not that time-consuming. Um, and um, just hopefully enjoying some more good weather before the winter. Oh, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't think I have any more questions for you unless you think there's anything I haven't asked you that you want to tell us. Um, oh, and it's quarter past six. No, we, I probably should go because I've got another, uh, I've got a course tonight. Um, but no, that's been fun. Thank you so much. And um, I hope that was okay. I mean, I just, 
awesome as always it's always amazing talking to you anyway so <laughs> well thank you very much for the questions and uh, do send me the link when this is um you know posted online and i will share it awesome um and you just want to tell everyone where they can find out more about you and where they can get your books just before i stop recording oh okay yeah um that'd be cool um so I have a website, which is simply leerussell.co.uk. That's right, isn't it? leerussell.co.uk. Yep. Um, so um, there's links there to my Facebook, where I'm fairly active, really, uh, usually talking about odd socks and things. But, um, <laughs> um, or I had, yeah. but I do post about my books there as well. So there's links to my Facebook uh, page, links to my Twitter account, which... Again, it's just at Lee Russell. So that's quite easy to find, hopefully. Um, and um, I can't think what else there is about me, really. Just, uh, oh, I have a newsletter. I have a newsletter that goes out um, monthly. And we do have um, competitions and things there. So you can win um, a signed copy of a book there. <laughs> um, and also you can, people can ask me questions there. Um, so people send in questions and then um, what the uh, publicist does, she puts the, the question up on the screen and then I have to video myself answering the question. So we have a little video of me saying, yes, that's a very interesting question. I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> uh, um, so it, it's good fun, the newsletter. So, um, and I interview other authors. So you can see interviews with other authors. You can, uh, there are competitions to win books. You can... Um, see little videos of me you can find out about my latest books and um so um all of that is available through my website i think i think if anybody is at all interested in finding out more about me after listening to this then go to my website leerussell.co.uk and that's really the all the links and everything are there so i think i think that's probably the best thing to say there isn't it yeah brilliant <laughs> And uh, other than that, just please, everybody, buy my books. <laughs> yep, simple as that. <laughs> <laughs>